0: Um. Thank you for coming on to the show to talk about your language learning journey, your Global Donica initiative. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm here. Thank you for having me. Can you? Yes. Yes, I can hear you.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> yes, I, I said I have to have you on the show. And I mean, because I've been trying to get more minorities. not this Okay just not my European friends or Canadian friends or my American friends, but I really want to start interviewing people who, you know, are doing things with languages that other people aren't doing. Um, you know, because I mean, I kind of feel like there's, there are podcasts out there, but it's not that many that, you know, are like popular. And if they are, they're by my European friends. So And it's like you don't see enough minorities or people of color. And I kind of want to bring more of that to the forefront. Okay. You know, as, as, as far as languages are concerned, because I feel like, you know, we're all in this journey together. And I believe that our European friends feel the same way. It's just for some of them, it's probably difficult to find people or there might be a level of uncomfortness. Uh-huh. Maybe because they don't know how to, to approach. You know what, I'm
2: not really sure what that, what that space is. Um, I think because in their experience or across their journey, that's all they see to a point, especially if they are Americans, they see their own space. Now I do think it's a bit of a, a difference when it comes to um, those living outside of the United States because they have seen other people of color um, when it comes into the language space. But here's the thing: a lot of those people of color are not necessarily Black Americans, although we are a significant amount of people who are multilingual. Right. So, and I just think it's um, I don't I don't want to be so hard to say propaganda I just think there's a stereotype about Americans as a whole and then on top of being a person of color and American in a language space but again yet we're out here and we are definitely very very visible
0: right Uh, you know it's kind of funny because like I told someone recently I said this is something that you know I don't get to see that many people of color whether you're asian whether you're from the middle east whether you're from jamaica you know the caribbean black in just in the u.s i don't i don't see a lot of you know people period mm-hmm. like at the forefront like visible yeah so if they yeah. are around they're around but a lot of people don't know about it like i know that kirsten cable of the fluent show Wants to interview a lot of people who are, you know, black, but mm-hmm. she she just don't know where to go.
2: And and it is it we we do have to dig, but also too we have to be in other spaces, right? Because we aren't. Um, let me see, I'm trying to find that word. We have to occupy more than one space, right? Because okay? sometimes Caucasians they're so visible. That right. that's who people go to, even though, you know, we're out here. Like for instance, a perfect place would go to um, people of color who are ac- expats. Well, you automatically know if you're an expat, you're gonna you're going to speak other languages, okay? right? So then that's another space. So now this person of color is occupying two spaces. Right. Now that's not to say that our um, our European counterparts aren't doing the same. It's just that people just automatically want to, um, they kind of want to just recognize a non-person of color occupying spaces, which is not necessarily true. So right. we're out here, we're just, we're just occupying more than one space and you just have to find, if you can't find us here right away, Okay, well, I've got to find them in another in another group. And so right. we're everywhere. Um, and again, we're in our own communities because there's so much backflack that we tend to get in these spaces, even though we have been occupying them for centuries and for years. Right. Um, so I want to use that, ex- that example about Americans. You know, sometimes people do not assume that Black Americans, which I prefer to say Black Americans or people right. of color don't travel. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. The furthest thing from the truth. Um, I, myself, I've traveled, I've lived over in Panama. I've been to Panama several times. Um, I've been over to China several times, South Korea. I've even been to the border of North Korea. Um, (laughs) And I've been, yeah, that's, that's a little scary, but anyway, just the border, Mm. you know, nothing too close, but, um, and of course all throughout the United States, and of course Canada and so we are definitely we're out here right. and that's the one thing i can say that i think media and i'm not talking about social media but media over the centuries have catapulted non you know people of color so of course this is this is what people assume but now with social media it has leveled the playing field so you can see that there are other people out here. It, it doesn't have to be such a niche that you have to go and find people. Uh, but we have learned to be in certain spaces and somewhat be in our own little community, so we can kind of right. continue to move forward. That now we can kind of somewhat come out of the closet, so to speak. Right. That now we're like, well, where are you guys? Where are you guys? Where where have you been? And it's okay. But we still get back flack. I mean, here in the United States, I speak several languages. Mm-hmm. And I've gone into certain states and um when I've had to take care of business and and I can hear accents pretty you know easily. And so when I ask a person, do you speak this? and they say yes, um, and I start speaking a language, then they're shocked. Right. You know, as if to say, Oh my gosh, you speak that. And I'm thinking, well, would you say that if I was blonde hair and blue eyes? Do you know what I'm saying? Would it be such a shock? So, you know, we are occupying a lot of spaces and we have been occupying these spaces for a very, very long time. It's just now the word is getting out and we're getting more exposure due to social media, but we've always been here. We've we've always been in this space.
0: You know, it's funny you say that because I did, like, a three-week little language learning journey of my own with Korean. And I was like, Uh all these people are learning Korean. I was like, why don't I take a stab at this just to see? Well, okay, I did, like, I don't know, probably about 22 lessons or something like that on Mango. And then I went into a Korean beauty store, like, the weekend of my birthday last month and decided I was going to speak some Korean. Well, it wasn't until the person had spoke some Korean to me, it was starting to come back, and I probably got, like, three words out. And the, and the the guy's wife was like, what other languages do you speak? And I was like, oh, I speak this, and some French, some Russian, Dutch, Italian, some Cantonese, a little Thai, some Turkish. She was like, oh, my God. I'm like, and my aunt, uh-huh. my aunt was like, well, you only said three words. And I was like, yes, and do you understand that that's – Even if you say three words to somebody, they're not expecting you to say one word. So that was a big thing for them to see someone like me, who's black and disabled, trying to learn their language. Uh Uh-huh. And so Uh I think the lady was more shocked, you know, like surprised and happy to see that I would want to learn their language and culture. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. I mean cuz there are black people in Korea. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. And I've been there. There's plenty of and um American blacks who are living over there you know living over in in Korea. Tons. Yeah. Um and and again, we are everywhere.
0: Yeah. And um I I turned around and I said to my end, I was like, you don't have to be fluent in a language. I mean, you can know a few words, phrases, or whatever. That goes a very long way. It goes a long way, and it also establishes a rapport
2: with another culture. Now, I know right. there's, there's several languages that um, I am becoming rusty in because certain language, bet- depending on where you are and what you're doing at that moment, kind of gets pushed or catapulted into the forefront. Okay.
1: Right. And
2: so, um, so the other languages kind of have to take a back seat, but that doesn't mean you've forgotten. And I think a lot of people assume that because you don't use it, you lose it. I, I I'm not an advocate of that mindset. Right. It, 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 it just remains dormant until you reactivate it again. That's right. just basically all it is. And so, and it does take some time, you know, it does take an effort to reactivate it, but nonetheless, you don't lose anything. Right. Um, but once you start just using a little bit uh, uh, of the words that you know within the culture, um, it's an amazing uh, of the report. When I go home to Chicago and I, st- I begin to speak Arabic, and you know, and I just let them know, you know my Arabic is a little rusty, but you know what? When, when you speak it and you speak what you do know with confidence, huh. Right, it's a whole new dialogue, it's a whole new different perception, right. um, and being received in how you take care of business.
0: Now, what languages do you speak aside from English, of course? Because
2: <laughs> it's French, Spanish, Japanese, Chinese, and Arabic. Um, currently learning Russian. Um, I lived on the Navajo reservation. So I do speak a little Dine and that is definitely becoming, um, definitely rusty. Um, I ASL and I also read Hebrew. And so there's some more, um, I do speak a little Korean. Um, again, I'm rusty with that. And so, the list, there's a few more that I want to add um, to the list, but you got to be in a mindset to want to add to that list, you know, because a lot of people are always asking me, well, how do you know which one to add to the list? And I always tell them whatever language that I'm feeling at that moment. Exactly. Like I really want to learn Punjabi. So now, am, is that an undertaking that I'm going to do right now? No, I'm not in that headspace right now. So right, right. now, my headspace is Russian. I'm very... Uh, I think the Russian language is very alluring. It's very robust. The culture is amazing. The people are amazing, and well, so that's that's me.
0: With. I was gonna say Hi. if you want to practice, just give me a call. <laughs> I will. I, I, promise I, I, you, speak, I will. I speak. I. I. You know, it's funny. I'm fluent in Russian, and um, it's like I speak English, American Sign Language. I learned when I was a child, so I was fluent in that. And then um, my first foreign language at university was Spanish. Uh-huh. Even, I, even I didn't want to take it, but I, I didn't really have a choice. That was the only language that was there that was offered from beginning to end at my side of campus. So I took it. Um, I mean, now, don't get me wrong, I, I like the cultural elements of Spanish. So I like the dancing, the music, the food things of that nature. Like, I'll, I feel more comfortable singing in Spanish and dancing in Spanish and eating Spanish food. Then I do, let's have a conversation, even though I'm fluent. I just, you know, it's not, it wasn't my language of choice. It was just a means to an end for my degree. So, I call Russian my, my technically, it's my fourth language, but it's my third that I actually enjoy. So, uh-huh. Russian, French, Dutch, Italian at a upper beginner level. And a beginner level in Hindi, Turkish, Cantonese, Thai. Oh, wonderful. Greek. I'm doing Finnish. I'm doing a little Icelandic just because people said, oh, well, this is a hard language. And I'm like, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> and then, And then I plan on learning Japanese.
1: I know mm-hmm. some words
0: in Japanese. Um, Egyptian Arabic I know a few words uh-huh. uh, I know a little bit in Korean a few words um, I plan on doing Swahili at some point uh-huh. and then um, um, Dujay Raj which I interviewed a couple weeks ago said if, since I like Hindi and I like Indian food and yoga and Bollywood movies once I finish with my Hindi I think I should do like Farsi or Persian one of the two So I'm like, I'll think about it. But um, right now I'm doing Greek and I did, I'm doing a little mini challenge. Oh, and Irish, I forgot Irish. Oh, that's
2: amazing. And see, people need to see this because they're, they either, well, it causes people to think when someone can get out there and learn these languages and, you know, and I, I have to be really raw. Um, when talking about people of color in spaces, because over through the centuries, when our ancestors were were brought here, um, you know, it was a fight just to learn English and to, to survive. And yet we have emerged still being multilingual because when we were originally, you know, brought here, we were already multilingual,
1: okay? Because right.
2: Africa has so many different languages, so many different dialects, you know? Right. Just the average person over there speaks at least five to six, okay? Right. All, and I really want to go so far, so far to say nine or 10 because I've met people who, they, they don't think anything of it of saying, oh, you know, I actually speak 10, you know, a little bit here, a little bit there, the dialects. And, and here in America, people struggle with just speaking English you know so when you have a population who have been brought here and forced into a life of servitude to emerge into still having your own businesses and still having um, this aptitude for languages um yes it makes people take a second look now I know people can use other cultures and say well you know they've done the same thing and blah, 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 blah. But the experience and the space is still different because here we're living in this century and we're still having issues. So right. no one wants to recognize that, okay, we've always had businesses. We've always had that um, as, as we can see with Black Wall Street in which no one wants to discuss or really talk right. about that. But we're still here in these language spaces. Again, we may not um, be as visible but mm-hmm. we're definitely here, um, we're definitely active, we're definitely active in these spaces, um, and we do have a lot to bring to the table. So I, I applaud people of color who are speaking languages and, and we are more visible in in seeing this is what we're doing. And we are speaking very challenging languages Russian is a beautiful language. I don't look at it as the easiest. I don't think it's the most difficult. I, my challenge sometimes is, is um, getting into that headspace to recognize those characters. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because once you start with the other languages that have romanization uh, alphabets, um, it is easier. So right. when you have the English alphabet down pat, it is easier to learn French or to learn Spanish. It's the same alphabet. It's just a grammatical structure that you have to really hone in on. Right. And so
0: the, the pronunciation, because there are things that are said, spoken a little differently. You have false cognates, especially if you're talking about French. You know, there are certain things that people tend to forget. You know, they, they want to say like um, eventual monde," and it's not. For eventually, is finit mond, and you know. So I mean, there there are there are words that are so similar, you know. People think that when they read them, that they're the same in their English equivalent, and they're not. It's a totally different word. Um, I've seen that, and then I've seen people where they'll sit there and say, "Well, Brazilian Portuguese is difficult." I was like, "No, it's not. I studied it for six weeks. It's not hard at all." <laughs> You know, uh-huh. um, and and then they'll they'll insist that it is And I said, well, wait a minute. What languages do you speak?
1: Okay, uh-huh. oh,
0: I speak I speak Gypsy, I speak Serbian, Croatian, and I said, okay, first of all, Serbia is one country, Croatia is another, Bosnia is another. Um, they're all separate languages. It, they're all Slavic languages from the Slavic, you know, branch, Um and. To be honest, I learned Russian, so if I can learn Russian, I pretty much could learn just about any any Slavic language there is. Absolutely, because there's because
2: there's cousins and there's connections like you know Bulgarian right. and uh, Czech. I mean, yeah, there's so much you, out there that's interrelated. But right. all you, you need really? to do was get hone in on that one a family of language, and the rest is an open door.
0: Right, and, like, I told someone, I said, like, um one of the people that I have in my new group that I just established on Saturday, um I decided to create my own language learning group because mm-hmm. I was tired of all of these crazy rules that certain people were making in their groups. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I'm a creative person. So, uh you know, if I throw up a plate of food and I'm telling you the cultural significance of it, And I'm giving you a list of the ingredients that were made to make this food and why and blah, blah, blah. If somebody likes to make food in the target language, especially if it's English, they can see, okay, I had fish, dirty rice, and I had some vegetables, I believe, on this plate. And no one knew what dirty rice was, so I explained what that was. A lot of people liked it, but then it got taken down because a whole bunch of people... Thought it wasn't language related. And I was like, see, this is the problem.
1: Mm-hmm. Right here. If you're mm-hmm. not willing
0: to learn about someone else's culture. And you're talking about you want to learn languages. There's more to language than just speaking a language or reading. it." Absolutely. And, that and, is and, pivotal. Right. But this is what these, this is what all these people think. Okay. I want to be the next Benny Lewis. Or I want to be the next this person. I was like, well, Benny Lewis. I give him some props for what he's accomplished but even he has said himself that you know, what he does to learn the languages that he does in three months you know, nobody's going to spend eight or ten hours a day doing that you know, and, and that doesn't mean that just because his company says fluent in three months that you're going to be fluent in three months you know so, um, you know, I've said, well, he didn't even know Spanish, and he said he used whatever Spanish he had and Tarzan, and people still understood what he said, and and I said, I, I think that's great, but, you know, not everybody's going to use the, that method. Like, I mean, I do believe in speaking from day one, do not get me wrong, but... I feel like you need a sizable amount of vocabulary before you even decide I'm going to go find me a language exchange partner or I'm going to go on our talkie or somewhere and and purchase me a tutor for this much money, Uh you know, and like I tell people all the time, I deal with real people every single day, Uh so when you're having a conversation, you're not looking up words to say on your phone, True, you're having a conversation reality is totally different when you're in an environment such as a restaurant so i did my thai challenge last month on the way to the restaurant i was learning how to order food as we were pulling up in the restaurant i utilized the vocabulary that i learned i had a small conversation i found out the girl that was working at the thai restaurant she was thai so she spoke spanish thai and english and she lived in the same neighborhood that i lived in when i was living in california 13 years ago mm-hmm. so, so you know i mean i formed a connection doing that and everybody's like well didn't you make mistakes and i was like there's nothing wrong with that they don't care about that they care. Well,
2: they they do care about they that you want to try and i have to get over that i'm
1: guilty of that i'm like right beautiful
2: language um but you're right they don't care they just want to know that you're trying
0: right i think a lot of these people put so much pressure on themselves to be perfect and i'm like dude there's no such thing stop putting yourself in <laughs> the agony and stress mm-hmm. you know
1: absolutely
0: I, I, you know what i think it is i mean i truly do believe that. i mean and people can say whatever they want but at the end of the day people say oh well it's not that you know, they're stressed out. It's just that they, you know, they make some excuse as to why people freak out or they think they have to be perfect when they're speaking. And I said, Mm -hmm. no offense, but you could study Chinese for five years. If You don't know how to walk into a restaurant and order food and have a conversation in Chinese after studying it for five years. To me, that's like, Oh, what the hell? Like, that's, that's one of the first things you learned how to do.
2: And you have to learn the basics and people don't understand that. And it's your simple basics that you need to rely on first. Um, that's why I said there's no such thing as fluency. I never say I'm fluent. I always say I'm conversant because I really do believe that language learning is a lifestyle and it's a lifelong journey. Right. Language is constantly moving. It's constantly changing. It's dynamic. Um, and so when people say, "Why are you fluent?" Well, fluency, I just think it's all a misnomer. Even with English, we're constantly adding words. Again, this is why the industry of localization has come into play because there's certain words in certain areas that are continuously adding, and um, that's just the way it is. But you're absolutely right. But a lot of times people want to jump into this difficult um, language learning aspect instead of building. Language is like building blocks. So you build your foundation and you continuously build every single day on that. But a lot of people just wanna Um, get to speaking within a month or two months and I'm not saying that you can't what I am saying is you can learn to speak the language with basic necessity in that period of time and then again you keep on building
0: right I mean that's just like I I was talking to Steve Kaufman last week and unfortunately um, his Skype account wasn't working so we had to do it on Zoom and the recorder wasn't working so I did not get any of the interview but I love the conversation, nevertheless, because he had said, so it doesn't matter that you're only studying a snippet of a language. You're still studying that language, and you can use whatever little bit you've learned. Mm-hmm. So if it's only A1, so what? That doesn't mean that you don't know any of the language. You do know some. Right, You right. know, and, and I think a lot of people, they're they seem to look at all these polyglots out here and don't Mm -hmm. take the situation into account that it took them years to get to where they are. Absolutely. I mean, being a polyglot is not something that
2: happens overnight. My god, I, when I became a a, a polyglot, I mean, I actually was adding language, like maybe one or two a year. Now again, does that mean I'm, I'm I'm not rusty in all of them. Absolutely not. But yes, I I am conversant in the majority of the languages. But again, that didn't come overnight. It came over a very long period of time. And also, people's journeys changed. I had absolutely no inkling that I was going to go over and live in Panama for um, an extended amount of time when I did. Okay, mm-hmm. And I actually, to be honest, I had actually no intentions of learning Spanish because I felt, oh, a lot of people don't understand. They, they, they speak Spanish. They don't need another person. But I kept being placed into these spaces where it was Spanish. Now I'm from Chicago, so right. I know street Spanish, okay? Right. Uh, pretty much everybody can speak a little. Street Spanish at the time. Then huh. I decided, ah, let me just go ahead and take a class. And then when I was totally immersed in the culture, that's when it started to evolve. Right. And it, ever since then, um, I'm living in the Southwest. Of course, there are a lot of Spanish speakers here. And so it has definitely kicked in. So again, people's journeys change. Now, when did my love for Russian start? I can't tell you that. All I know is that I have this massive passion to to understand the Russian language and to know about the culture. Now, did I make this decision a while back? Yes. But now I have just made that decision to say, okay, I really want to focus on it because I've been focusing on other languages. So yeah, a polyglot isn't developed in a day or two. It's developed yeah. over a period of time. And people don't want to to realize and take the time. They just want to say, oh, I'm in the polyglot space. I'm here. This is what's going on. And, and you're like, no, that's not how polyglot life works. It's a lifestyle.
0: Right. And, you know, it's funny because I actually had asked Andy Roberts because he had just taken the, uh, he had just did the Ant-One Challenge for German because he won the raffle at, uh, one of the raffles at Women in Language. And so that was one of the one of the gifts was polyglot the the at one challenge. Uh You know that's like two hundred dollars. So I turned around and he decided to you know concentrate on his German. And he was like, okay, I'm gonna tell you this. You're better at because I was asking about how he liked it, and he said, for you, you this you would go through this like it's nobody's business. You, this would not be a good, a good fit for you personally because you can speak in any language that you set your mind to, way beyond 15 minutes. Uh-huh. This is for somebody that they don't they don't speak all the time, and <laughs> they want they want to get up to that that level. Wow. Wow. And I said, trust me, I definitely <laughs> understand that because I know I would not be paying $200. You know, absolutely. there there are challenges you can do in 30 days. Jonathan Huggins has uh, his 30-day language challenge where you get to pick a language, and it's free. You get to pick any language you want, and you learn it, and you do a recording every day in the target language for 30 days. And you Mm -hmm. speak, and you send the files in or whatever, and it's free. Uh And And I sat there, and I said, you know... I, I hold myself accountable by making um, Instagram videos now um, in the in the languages that I, I want to speak um, uh-huh. because I look at it as I'm holding myself accountable to what I said I was going to do, even if it is at a basic level. And, uh-huh. and I always tell people all the time, when I started with Russian, I just had Mark Thompson's Russian Made Easy podcast, which was free. I did all the Michelle Thomas Russian. I bought it. And then I the digital, and then I, I listen to that constantly. I had Russian TV going on for 18 hours a day for a whole year. Um, I, I, I listened to podcasts, I, I listen to the news, I listen to President Putin's press conference. I, I literally had myself in a Russian immersion at home environment, and I spoke every single day out loud, even if it wasn't to anybody but myself. And I became fluent. I spoke for a whole year and then I listened for a whole year. Mm -hmm. And I just listened to stuff that I was interested in. Absolutely. You know, um, that's important. Now, I didn't listen to any music, but I listened to a lot of podcasts, political podcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I invited you to join my group, too, my uh, language group. Awesome. Uh, um, Because I have like 26 members. (laughs) <laughs> so, but that's,
2: a, that's good that's a great start because that's how it all starts i mean yeah you've got to start somewhere and yes and i'm definitely going to be a part of that group and i'm glad that you have started
0: this space because again this space is really it's really needed well you know like i was telling shahida i said you know i'm glad that I met y'all in Women in Language because if I wouldn't have bought a ticket, I wouldn't have known. Yeah. You know, I met so many cool people as a result of, of, of participating in Women in Language that you know I've been able to interview so many people. And now that I decided I'm going to do Afrolingo Fest, <laughs> the weekend of July eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth of twenty twenty, online. Okay. And so I said I can't, the Doi is, is come on board. Um, she's going to do the marketing and advertising side of it. And then she's also (laughs) going to promote it hard for, um, the, the polyglot conference, which is in Japan. And then, um, she's, and then, um, Shahida is going to help me with the other side of it. We're we're going to try to learn how to use teachable. (laughs) Okay. And then, um, the email side of it making sure that you know the people's payments are processed correctly and all that and so she's going to deal with that side of it we actually do have a meeting on sunday the 21st um because i want to um um you know talk about what what i've gotten so far accomplished like in that regard and because i have a friend that's going to build the website Uh uh-huh for it And then we're gonna go through teachable and google hangouts Uh you know and i'm doing about 24 different speakers so six people that are you know black six people that are latina six asians and six people from the middle east and the reason (laughs) why is because i don't see enough middle east nobody Nobody. (laughs) yeah i've noticed that
2: i don't i don't see a lot of middle easterners I'm not saying that they're not there. I just don't see them participating a lot when it comes to the language spaces. Um, I think it's, I see them more in specific spaces if it's geared
0: towards that actual language, but not something general. Right, and I, I would like to include them because I I, de- I definitely understand, you know, when you're a minority, you you do understand what isolation is. Absolutely. And, and it's not, you know, we're living in the 21st century. We should not be this isolated at well, all. Well, I, I,
2: I do agree with that, but I think it's, it's, it's a system that has to be broken down. And what has happened, we have been so used to seeing, again, European and also um, Caucasian counterparts here in the United States. And so that's what people relate to. So this particular mindset has been developed over a period of time. And so, yes, it's going to take time to break down those barriers. um, Because I'm going to be honest with you. I I get tired of people asking me, well, what made you want to do that? Or why did your parents help you learn all these languages? And I'm thinking, well, parents of color are no different from any other parent. They want their children to succeed. So for somebody to ask me, well, what were your parents thinking when they did that? I mean, what, you know, to me, I want to say, well, what the hell would you, (laughs) what were your parents thinking, you know? And sometimes I will say that, okay? right. But again, we're out here and we need the exposure. But here's the thing, when we start having our own spaces, then people want to come in to invade those spaces. When you ostracize us, when you have these certain events or these certain conferences, you know, you may see one or two people of color and you're looking at them like they have eight horns coming out of their heads. Well, you know, who wants to be bothered with that? So now since we are able to have our own spaces and our, and create our own dynamics, you know, now there's still an issue. So. Right. um, I just think we just have to keep pushing and keep pushing. But the thing is, it is important to have our own dynamic, to write our to tell our own stories, um, and continue to have our own groups. Um, mm. and I know some people are screaming saying, Well, aren't you don't, don't you think that's segregating yourself? I mean, but we're we're ostracized when we're in other spaces. So oh, I do know what that's like. And-, and so you're ostracized in those spaces, but here's the oxymoron about the, the, the issue. People are screaming, we'll have your own space. Okay, so now we have our own spaces. So now you're still complaining that <laughs> right. now we're 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 kind of cutting ourselves off, creating our own space. Well, what the hell do you want? So <laughs> right. why would I want to come into your space and be ostracized when I, I can create my own space? But right. then you can't keep screaming, Well, why are you doing this? I don't want to have to feel ostracized when I'm walking into an, another dynamic. Right. Now my thing is if you don't, I don't really need anybody to celebrate me. I right. can create my own space to be celebrated. Right. So that's what we, we need. We need to come together, which I'm glad that a lot of people of color have already come together to celebrate the fact that we are multilinguals. We are polyglots. And I've noticed, too, a lot of weird, sometimes we get a lot of criticism. I love Lashu. Oh, I, I, I love Lashu. Like, love Moses he is one amazing person and I know uh a couple years ago I saw there was another gentleman and I don't want to say his name he was criticizing him on on one of his channels and and I'm thinking Moses is an amazing he has this process he has this system and I'm telling you I admire this man for his discipline, his consistency. Right. And, and he keeps doing what he's doing. And people, don't, they don't really know that he actually had, a, if I'm not mistaken, a stroke. And he's gotten himself back on track. This man is
0: absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. And he's he's going to be coming on the show. Um, we have to work his schedule. But he did tell me he was going to come. Um, I, I, I'm so happy that he's going to be on your, your show because... This man has so much
2: wisdom to, to offer anybody, whether they're person of color or non-person of color. Um, oh, people! People! A ton over, of languages.
0: People over in Europe loved the hell out of him. Richard Simcott said, "I've been trying to get him since the first Pauli conference. <laughs> <to> conference." <laughs> but see, I think I think some of it might be financial. You know, well, might not be able to do it, and um. No, i mean it might be i don't want to say
2: that but what i think is sometimes and and this is myself a lot of times people have asked to do the same thing and what what it is we we have to be cautious we don't want to put ourselves in a situation and i'm not saying that's what's going on right where we don't want to have to we shouldn't have to defend our our actual language capacity or our level of language we either we're going to speak this and we're going to do this regardless of whether anybody likes it right. or where um anybody thinks is suspect because you know a lot of people just don't see or they're they don't have this experience of life where they see a lot of different people speaking languages they just automatically assume that this that there's going to be a, a caucasian face is the only person who can who who can identify as being multilingual or a polyglot, right. and that's that's the furthest thing um, right. from the truth, you well, know. Because you know, if you match up right. a European versus an African, an African will speak ten times many more languages than the, than your average European, and right. they speak a minimum of of at least three to four. Europeans do. Where Africans they speak a minimum of nine to
0: ten. Right. And yeah, because they because of the different dialects and stuff and regions, and they, and most of it's for survival purposes anyway. Absolutely, they're not think of it, they're not really thinking of it as a race to see how many I'm going to learn. Absolutely. Look, I got to survive. This is what I got to do. Mhm. You know, and honestly, I had asked Richard this question on Facebook, and he said, "I have been trying to get Moses since day one." <laughs> you know, and and and. You know, I was like, I thought I would ask because I suggested, well, why don't you ask Moses to come? Because you know how many people would die and sell the their right and left arm and leg to go. I know to see Moses.
2: <laughs> I would love to meet up with Moses. I've dialogued with him a, a few times on uh, Instagram. I tell you, mm-hmm. the man is amazing. amazing. But I've, I'm I'm proud of him because he stays out of the criticism he just stayed focused he just stays focused on what he's doing what he's learning and leveling up i i just think he's just absolutely awesome
0: you know it's funny because he he was one of the first people that i followed on youtube and then i followed steve kaufman and luca and alex and richard and then ollie and i actually have to say after interviewing all these people you know i'm i i believe that god actually like led me to this space of having my own podcast show so i could interview these people i mean i've i've garnered reports with them too you know on facebook and
1: pretty much
0: it, i have to say that they um after interviewing every single one of them I've come to the understanding, you know. Okay, this is why they're at the the peak of their game, and this is why they, you know, are successful at what they do. But they'll be the first one to sit there and say, "Moses is the man." <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, I like like even Chris an actual fluency said, "I would love to get him on my show," but you know how hard that is. And I mean, he's picky about who he wants to talk to. And I said, "Yes, he is." I don't blame him. I mean, I'm going to be honest, I love Chris Brown to death. But aside from me and Tamara Marie, we're the only two people of color that has been interviewed on his show. Are you kidding me? No, I am not. Mhm. Yep. That's crazy. I
1: mean,
0: he's starting to do more women, which I think is great. But once again, even Shannon and Lindsay and Kirsten have said, women in general, just because we're in the polyglot space, it's it's hard because the freaking daggone <laughs> playing field is dominated by men. They're getting all the sponsorships. They're getting everything. And I said, well, yeah, we kind of have to team up and do stuff with each other because otherwise we're going to be left behind in this space, even though the space is so big. You know, you just, you, you just see. I mean, that's why the three of them teamed up for Women in Language was because there wasn't enough women being put in the forefront at all. Yeah. Like, and and that and I definitely agree with that. I do have to say they have been very supportive of me since I joined the community. I mean everybody has. But like I just notice in general like like I told everybody I would like to see more people of color and I don't care where the hell you come from. <laughs> i know you know know, i just want to see i mean because people talk about inclusion they were like we would like to see that too i mean we we would like to see it but the thing is if
2: if we're not gonna keep screaming about inclusion if we keep getting closed out and and i'm gonna be honest with you that's fine again we have the ability to create our own spaces but don't come back and start screaming, well, we want to include you. But you haven't included us for centuries, okay? Right. Now we have our own ability to have our own spaces, and now all of a sudden you want to talk about inclusion. We've been trying to, to get in, in, you know, to, to be included and apart. So now you can't keep knocking on the door, and the door just keeps being slammed in your face. Well, then fine. I'll go ahead and create my own door, and I'm okay right. with that. I'm okay well, with creating our own spaces. Right but right. don't start screaming and hollering now, well, we want to
0: include you now.
2: Well, why?
0: Why do you want to do it now? <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of funny. I I started feeling a little bit ostracized myself when I was, you know, people were bashing me in certain groups because either my spelling, because of me using technology, or because I had put something up and they, want. you know, it's almost like, okay, you put up pictures with quotes on them. They've been scanned into a scanner and is in a JPEG file and my software cannot read this thing. Even though the picture is there, it looks like a blank page to my screen reader. So unless you physically type out on a keyboard, what those words are, my screen reader is not going to be able to read that or at least put a description in the description box of what this is, right? Uh-huh. You would think people would do that. Oh, no. They don't want to do that for deaf people. They don't want to do it for people that have a, dis- a, a print disability. And then when you ask, well, is your stuff going to be accessible for everybody? That even includes the disabled and print disabled. I actually asked Benny Lewis this question about almost two years ago. And, and I was, we were on uh, YouTube live chat. And I had asked, I was like, okay, so would, um, uh, you know, how long did it take for you to create Benny's bootcamp and how long, you know, and is any of this course that you have going to be accessible for people who are visually impaired and have print disabilities? He didn't know what print disabled was. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, he asked for clarification. I was trying to give him clarification, but I was blocked from doing so.
2: Wow. So Are you I serious?
0: Just, yeah, I'm dead serious. I was blocked from doing so. So I just, I I emailed him. Never got a response back. Never. So I just dropped from subscribing to his stuff and said, I'm gone. Because I guess I look at it as if you're that, Oh. Um, arrogant to the point where you can't you don't want to hear what someone else has to say you ask me a question I'm trying to answer it and I'm not being allowed to I have a problem with that I don't care how much money you make doing this at the end of the day dude, we're all doing it whether we're making money off of it or we're not you know we're impacting people in our own way but yeah I was not happy with that and- I just left it alone. and <laughs> But I really... But, it was like, he's so nice. I was like, I'm sure he is. But you don't... You see know what I'm saying? Yeah. do ask him a question and then ignore my question or don't give me time to respond. That's crazy. And then if I email you, you don't respond either? That tells me a lot right there. So, you know, I just said... I And I had gotten... To the point where his stuff started to become really visual um, and I'm just like nah, this isn't for me so I just stopped you know and went and found someone else that where they were actually creating content that was accessible for everybody and understood what I was trying to say and wasn't being stuck up or conceited and I mean you will find that and I, I make that known, too. I was like, do not think that there is a form of racism in the polyglot community. It's not, <laughs> it's not as sugarcoated as you think it is. And then, okay, I might not be making money, but I have a voice, and people know me from around the world, literally. I mean, Stu Raj, Moses, and David James are all in my group. And they've been very supportive. I mean, Stu J actually shares all my podcasts with um, him and his wife. Share my podcasts all over Thailand. Like I got a hundred strong listening to me in Thailand.
2: That yeah. is amazing.
0: Yeah, like I got like seventy-seven countries in like mainland China, Taiwan, Thailand, India, the Arab Emirates, Nigeria, Uganda, Cam um, Cambodia, Serbia, Croatia. Russia, Bulgaria, Ukraine, Poland, um, Slovakia, um, mostly Europe. <laughs> um a hundred strong plus. I mean I got places in Latin America, um, uh, Jamaica, Mexico, um, here in the US. Um, I mean like a hundred strong and I'm just I, like right now I have like 8.7 K listeners from around the world. And I've only been out since May of last year. That's awesome. So, and it's only
2: going to get bigger because the more shows you do, the more people you connect with. It's it's this is an amazing way to to get exposure and to bring about content and also value. To people who are in the language space We need this And not only just stemming from a person of color But people who are genuinely Interested in learning Language It's, it's important that we do this
0: Right I mean like my biggest Episode was with um, Alexei Polidoro Of Learn French with Alexa YouTube channel mm-hmm. It's like almost 200 It's almost 200 listens so far And I spoke a little bit of French. Because I had started studying French like last April. And my passive learning is really high. Like I'm I'm reading like novels. That's wonderful. My active is like A2. If I really wanted to kick it up a notch, I can get to B1. But, you know. So I turned around and I said, she challenged me and I have to do this. At some point. I know I do. Right? Once I get back to French again. Um, I have to like start memorizing questions to ask. And I have to do a whole interview with her in French. Which I've never done an interview in a foreign language before. So that's going to be interesting. <laughs> and I mean like I tell people all the time. I like to. I'm a people person. So I'm an extrovert. If I hear that you speak a language. Then I know I'm just going to start talking to you. That's right. You know, and I was like, how do you just do that? I can't go up to someone and just start speaking. I was like, dude, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I don't I don't care, you know. Um, I mean, if you hang out with me, you're going to have a good time anyway. But I just, I personally feel that, like, Stephen Crashing, when I interviewed him a couple weeks ago, he said, do you realize people have been following you? I've been following you. And you're... The way you learn language, even if it's a little bit, and you start producing that out loud, I mean, you have a gift. This is your calling. Not so many people can learn some Thai, some Cantonese, and be able to say it spot on. That you know, you make it look really easy. I was like, it's not. Trust me, wait until I get to Arabic. It's going to be on. Are you kidding
2: me? Arabic is no joke, and it's funny. My most challenging uh, effort about learning that language is recognizing the alphabet. And good gracious, when you actually start writing the script portion of it, I mean, it's really, it's really an effort. It's a beautiful language. Oh my gosh! Right. Um, But it's definitely an undertaking.
0: I like I spoke a little bit, and I mean, I still remember most of the alphabet, some of the alphabet. But see, I have a braille display, so I'm able to read and write in Arabic braille. I haven't taught myself Arabic braille yet. Oh, that's wonderful. But like I tell people, I'm not learning every daggone braille code there is to every language that I'm learning. <laughs> because I don't have the, the, the idea of me doing that is like slim to none. So if it ain't Romanized, screw
2: it i'll just well i think it's it's about a personal preference i mean right. I, I mean i have a lot of people telling me well you speak spanish when you're gonna learn when you're gonna learn portuguese well, you know what i might not want to and I, it's a person choice who what language you decide to choose next i'm not saying that i'm not going to learn portuguese or Portuguese. i love languages but again right it fits a person's dynamic. Well, why don't you do this? Well, why don't you do that? It's just the same thing about learning Spanish. Um, A lot of people can predict, oh, we're going to have so many um, an influx of Spanish uh, speakers in the United States and blah, 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 blah. And that's all fine and dandy. But what's important is that we are able to communicate with a vast number of people, of which mm. Americans are very short-sighted about languages.
0: Oh, because I live in Akron, and we have—I call it the the mini United Nations—because the north side of Akron is nothing but immigrants from everywhere. You name the country, it's here. You got people that speak Somali. You got people that speak Lao. You got people that speak Indonesian. Japanese, Chinese, Korean, Thai, Mandarin, um, Hindi. Oh, they have a big Hindi population and I I can't wait to start speaking it with them. And then um French, uh, Pennsylvania, Dutch, Italian, Spanish, Russian, Ukrainian, um uh what is? It? Nepali, Urdu, Arabic, uh-huh. you know, Punjabi, uh I mean, it's the list goes on. Absolutely. And it's just like, uh, oh, I forgot Turkish too. Um, but, <laughs> but 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 you know, like, I sit there and I say to people, like, I do it because I enjoy it. I enjoy communicating with people, even if I learn five words in someone's language. So what? I learned something. I need to know right. for? You know, just like my aunt was like, are you going to get paid for this? When are you going to get paid? I'm like, I was like, I'm not doing this for the money. I was like, the sponsorships will come. The money will come. Absolutely. You know, the the money will definitely come. Right. It, It just takes time. And I said, I think, you know, I'm this close to getting the opportunity to work with the Michelle Thomas method, you know, on um, collaborating with them with reviewing their products because that's, I use that a lot. And, uh-huh. uh, and you know, I use other things, innovative language, you know, um, I've been associated with them, you know, um, for about five years now. And, I mean, I use their products. And then, you know, I, I use YouTube, and radio, um
1: but at the same time
0: i um I'm all auditory uh-huh so i i everything I do is by listening. I don't take any notes, I don't do any, I don't have any of those types of journals, nothing. everything is in my head and Someone had mentioned, well, you have plenty of time to study. I mean, everyone else has jobs. And, and I said, guess what, darling? I do have a job. It might not be a paid job. But I have a, a Facebook page that I'm running. I have a podcast that I have to do. I have guests I have to line up. That takes time. I oh, absolutely. Help, I help people with their languages, even though I don't get paid for it. So, yes, I do have a job. I'm just not getting paid
2: for it. And you know what? The money will come. The money will come.
0: Right. And I mean, I, I guess I don't look at it in, in dollars and cents because I look at it and how can I help this person today? Absolutely. You know, and that's more important than like how much money you got? What courses are you making? Like I, I interviewed um, Dave Prine a while back and I and he said, you know, I love your podcast because. You're someone, you're doing this for free. You're not making any dime off of it. And a lot of people who have podcasts, that's the first thing they want is to see dollar signs. And then they wonder why it doesn't pan out the way they want to because that's all they saw was dollar signs, not Uh actually physically going to help. And I said, well, see, I think if you really are genuine about helping people you'll do it even if you don't have any money right you know or don't don't do what certain people have done knock me because I'm disabled I'm on disability and I can't afford to go out the country I've had that happen and Mm I had to block a certain person and I said (laughs) I, I mean I did well you know to me it's like who are you to hate on somebody because they don't, they're don't? they not in the same economic bracket as you?
2: Absolutely.
0: You know, that language learning has nothing to do with how much money you got. You can learn a language for nothing if you really want to. I go to the library. You know, I'll use Pimsleur Hindi or Pimsleur depending on if I feel like it. I, I kind of feel like when I'm using that, I want to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> because it's slow as hell. But see, it I, is. Like this, I like to study either early in the morning, like before seven in the morning, eight o'clock, or I like to study late at night. Because you don't have any noise going on.
2: Absolutely. Or
0: any distractions. And like people ask me, well, what's your method? I mean, how do you just do? I was like, I just sit, I listen. I visualize the stuff in my head, I speak it, you know, I repeat it, that's all I do. Um, A lot of it's just me listening. And I said, you know, I've learned more Greek in in four days than I, you know, I do a chapter a day, Um, you know, I'll skip around because there's certain things. I'm not going to need because I'm not going to Greece so I don't need to know how to ask for directions and you know, all that type of stuff. So, you know, I, I pick and choose what I want. If, if after I use the mango, the two levels of mango, and I decide not to do anymore and that's all I want to do, that's fine. I'm doing it for me. No one else. And that's another thing I have to tell people. Do it for you. <laughs> don't do it because you're trying to oppress somebody. That's right. Because nobody cares if you F it up, nobody cares how many languages you speak. They don't. They're looking at you, the individual. They didn't care less about the rest of it because it's not consequential. You know. Now, mind you, would it be nice to have an event here in the U.S.? Language-wise? Yes, it would. Um, because there are a lot of people that do learn languages in the U.S. Uh, I think like 200 and something people were registered for women in language out of 500. And half of them came from the U.S. And, and I was so shocked when they gave the numbers of how many people from the U.S. had registered for women in language this year. I was surprised. I thought it was going to be lower than that. Really? yeah I really did not know that it was that many people, and I mean i've met some really cool people here in the u s online you know and it it's it's quite amazing to know how many people really do enjoy learning languages and it did, you know but at the same time, I feel like this younger generation, the millennials, especially the ones that are born eighty six to ninety nine um They seem to be emotionally um, sensitive Mm -hmm. to everything someone says. And so it's like, you have to be kind of careful what you say these days because it's declared offensive, even though you're not even meaning it to be that way. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that. So, I mean, like, when I do get back on Facebook Live, which I don't know when that's going to be. Uh So I'm just directing people to my Instagram page if they want to see me practice some languages because otherwise I'm not, you know, I'm able to post other people's (laughs) videos or whatever. I can't post my own. I can't even go on groups and do live nothing. Temporarily blocked. So um you know and I did try to reach out to Facebook but that didn't go nowhere so yeah I I I mean there there was somebody else that was blocked on Facebook like literally they couldn't come on Facebook for like a month are you serious yeah because uh, I guess there was some comment that was made or taken out of context about LGBT pronouns you Mm -hmm. know and then I'm like really like, it's come down to that now. You know, and I'm very much a very blunt person. So <laughs> what you see is what you get. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm just going to be honest, 100%. And mm-hmm. I can be a very, it was like, you're so militant, so mean. I was like, I'm not mean. What it is, is you're looking for someone that sugarcoat everything. Right. I'm like, I'm being honest here. For my expertise, I don't need a, a master's degree in applied linguistics for what?
2: You well, you know, that's that's the new thing about this space now. Um, you do have a lot of courses where you can become a certified translator, a certified interpreter. And I do know that you have to have certain types of certifications if you want to work inside certain spaces. But, you know, a lot of people are really creating their own uh, dynamic without these so-called certifications. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it, But my thing is, is who validates them? You know, because there's a lot of people I know that could really beat out a lot of people who are certified. And they have a lot more perspective and and more in-depth knowledge of not only just the language, but the culture, because you cannot separate culture from the language.
0: Right. And I I wish people would realize that because it's almost like, oh, well, why do we need to, you okay, first of all, I'm going to give you a tip about Russia. When you go to Russia, you have to register with the police. Okay? Mm -hmm. Where you're staying, whether it's in a hotel, whether it's in an apartment, whatever. You have to register because they keep track of everybody because of the whole terrorism thing. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay? Now, if you don't register, you have so many days to do this, Okay. Oh, you will get tossed out. <laughs> you know. Um, I mean, I learned so much about the culture and the history and I can break it down for people. And everybody's like, well, why do you care so much about these people? I was like, you know what? People are people. But they've been demonized for so long because of politics and other things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're, not, they're not their government. They're their own people. Absolutely. And I know people in Russia that have said, if I came, I could stay at their house, so forth and so on. You know, once you, it's all about relationships with them. So if you have a rapport and someone calls you a friend, that's for life. That's no Mm. joke. And they're very family oriented. Um, Like, I know the curse words in Russian. Do I curse in (laughs) Russian? No. No, I don't. Because I have a different mindset when I'm speaking Russian. I'm more serious. Um, now, I'm a little more flirtatious when I'm speaking French and Italian. Of course. But, but at the same time, I have a respect for these people. You know, they actually welcome me, you know, into their their world. You know, I mean, I was able to tell them about their own history. And they was like, you're from the U.S., why would you care? I was like, I'm not, I don't represent my country, I represent myself. You know, so I was like, I don't agree with everything that happens in my country either. But I said, you know, I think in another, what, 20, 30 years, the stuff that we're talking about today, it might not even mean anything. Mm -hmm. Like, it might not be as important. You know, right. we might have been able to wipe all of this mistrust and prejudice away, you know. And uh-huh. I mean, I, I think that my whole philosophy is it's a journey and a process, you know, not a race. And it's a bridge that you can communicate across with other people in their own language, without having to use English. I mean, yes, English is the lingua franca of business and commerce and all that, and the internet. But at the end of the day, the beauty of knowing someone else's language, it, it, it gives you an insight into how they think and feel and how they are as people. And yes, is there racism everywhere? Well, there's different forms of it, yes. You know? Um, I mean, actually, in Russia, they do use the N-word, but they, they don't imply the N-word to black people. They apply it to, like, other people in Russia, like in the Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, there are things that, you know, I mean, evidently, they don't see a lot of black people. Not no,
1: they, they
2: not, not in the derogatory um, sense, but I also believe that black people around the world are not um, as ostracized in other countries as we can be here in the states, I have not had an issue. Um, I they they might say something about me because I'm an American, okay? Right. Um, but not as a person of color. Now I know right. someone did say something in Chinese, but um, it wasn't about race. It was the fact that uh, we were being escorted around um, by someone and they didn't like that because I guess I guess they thought we were getting an extremely special treatment which we were we were. but right. it wasn't a racial slur so to speak right.
0: now I'm just curious how long did it take you to learn Mandarin
2: oh shoot that's an ever going process with me I'm not going to kid you with that that is an ever going process I started um about a year ago and so yeah so I am still in this I call it the basic mode oh and, and I like to use the word thresholds I think with any language learning you will hit a threshold where you're like what the heck what is this how do I get past this block but once you get past the threshold And it does take time. I'm not saying it takes years to get past the threshold is when you get, when you hit that block, you have to say, okay, why do I have a block? And you have to study, study it constantly until you can understand concepts because I'm a grammar hog. I love learning grammar um, because it actually helps you understand how a person thinks in the language. So when you're interpreting or you're translating it helps you kind of flip because you, you do get lost in translations and you lose the essence of words sometimes if you don't hone in between the language and the culture. So right. yeah, I just, just got started um, but I'm still at the basic level of, of, of Chinese. But I love the language. I love the country. I love the food. Um, I was going to ask, uh, did you
0: order food in, in, in Chinese? or read Chinese I can. India?
2: I, I can, um, but I must say there's there's certain things that I wouldn't
0: eat. But, but oh,
1: <laughs> but I can. But I'm I definitely
0: the one keep... question because I know somebody that was in Korea and he said that he had dog soup. And literally, he's Russian. And he was like, "Never, no." He said it took him an hour to eat it because he didn't want to not eat it and be disrespectful. Yeah, I was like, "I'm sorry." I, they would have just had to deal with me being disrespectful. Position, okay? Well, yeah,
2: and I think there's ways to do it because I was offered, um, okay. Well, I thought it was spaghetti, and I and I I don't remember the term. I thought it was spaghetti, and it looked purple to me, and I and I was just staring. I was just staring at the table. I was in China, and um, and so the people across from me they they saw me staring. And, and, of course, I had this look on my face like, well, wow, that's some pretty big spaghetti. Why is it purple? And so I looked away, then I looked again, and they started laughing, and they said, would you like me to order? I said, well, wait a minute. What is that? <laughs> you know? Well, well, what is that? And they said, well, it's, it's, it's worms. I said, what? <laughs> I said, and, you know, I, and I didn't come out the American way. say no, 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 never mind. I just said, um... Of course, we have to think about being diplomatic. So I said, Well, you know what? I really like um, this fish right here. Um, can I, may I have some more of this? I really like this much better. So, you know, there's ways to, to right. um, get over that. Um, sure. And like in, in Korea, when you, or oh, there's bim bim bop and there's bim bim bap. So the bim bim, uh, the bim bim bop, I believe, has meat. And it's got rice, there's a fried egg, it's absolutely delicious. But I ordered the bim bim bap, which does not have the meat to it and and the hot the hot sauce or whatever. It's it's right. it, it, But it's it's an amazing. So I tend to to um, look at certain dishes like, well, I would really like this. Can I have this instead? I really like this. I want to try this. And so when you approach it in that way, yeah. because, yeah, I was familiar with that the fact that there's they you know, they eat dog over there. And I'm like, no, I can't eat Rover, but I'm not going to say that to them. But in my mind, I'm saying, my God, I've got a Rover at home. That's like eating my dog at home. You know, I'm just, I I can't, I'm not going to do that. So I thought about
0: my guide dog dog and I just went and hugged them afterwards. I was like, oh my God. I know they're eating you. They're eating you. (laughs) They're eating you. you (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny because people ask me, well, will you ever come out of the U.S. anytime soon? And I'm like, I have to be careful where I travel as someone that's visually impaired and has a guide dog because there are certain parts of the world where it's not safe and um yeah, and- they don't
2: a lot of times the 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 dynamic is definitely a lot different um because I have a sister who has Down syndrome, and mm-hmm. i I'm not fearful of traveling, but I do have to be cognizant of making sure that things are going to be okay now that doesn't mean everything stops it's just that okay how accessible are certain things um i just have to keep her close and i just pretty much limit my time in the areas but other than that we have not had a problem of course you know people people will stare at you regardless um, because right. she's light skinned and I'm dark skinned so they're they're asking questions and but hell, I get that here in America. You know, they want to ask why why is she lighter than you are and and all, do you guys have the same parents? I'm like yes, we do. Uh, you are uh, do you understand American history of how uh, people of color were brought here and how they were used and raped and stuff like that? So you know, and then when they want it, they don't want to hear the history lesson, but it's it's right. it's it's truth. So I don't bite my tongue um, for certain things. I I don't think we should have to. um, Because a lot of times people are not going to bite their tongues for us. You know, they feel that they have a right to say certain things in front of us and and be disrespectful. They feel that they have that right. Right. And, um, well, I feel that I have that right to to speak my piece as well. So, and even in this language space, I... I don't necessarily approach people up front with my languages. I let people speak. Now, if, if someone happens to be speaking derogatory about myself or maybe another person, you know, I, I'll, just, I'll just strictly flow and jump into that language depending on. I've, I've heard people um, speaking in Spanish about uh, a person's weight. Right and and so yeah and and I'll never forget it because I was in a uh, McDonald's uh, not good gracious not McDonald's my dad was in the hospital and I went to a Dunkin' Donuts for coffee and the lady was speaking Spanish about this woman's weight and I'm thinking well hell we're all in this line for donuts I mean donuts is not <laughs> something that's gonna take weight off of you you know what I'm saying I'm like how right. dare you so. When I walked, I, I didn't say anything up, up front with the, When they were talking I waited until I um, decided to, to get waited on Right. And then I said, so, you speak English, correct? And she said, yeah, I do I said, like, okay And she looked at me And then I proceeded to tell her That I understood what she was saying about that woman and mm-hmm. I didn't see the woman the next time I went in, but I think we need to check people. Right. I don't think we, we don't have to do it in a negative way, right. but we need to check people. And this is where this respect has, has got to come about um, with people. Don't assume that people of color do not understand the language. I just uh, finished dialoguing with someone um, in Chicago um he was he's a, he's a black american male and his arabic was so beautiful and he says yeah you know i'm i'm, I'm my goal is to become a linguist i want to learn more and i said just keep practicing i said as long as you you keep the passion going everything else will follow right and he was just oh my god are you serious i said absolutely do not let anyone deter you, but just remember, get the basics down and then continue on building. Uh, go Start attending restaurants. Um, start being involved with the community. Um, start practicing verbally. And I said, and when you're unable to practice verbally, then you start listening to the music to, t- to tune your ear. Start watching the movies, the short films, Um now, I'm not necessarily an advocate at first with it because it can be frustrating because you won't understand. But it is good to develop that listening ear. So when you start dialoguing from people of different regions of people who actually speak Arabic, because the dialect is going to be different from somebody who was from Morocco because they speak right. French and Arabic. It's right. going to be different from someone who's living uh, in Egypt. So I said, just develop that ear and make sure that you just immerse yourself as much as you can until you can actually visit the country. Right, you
0: know, and it's funny too because I have a lot of friends from Morocco, and I have some friends from Egypt too, and a couple friends from Jordan. Uh huh. So so I, what little that I I do speak in Arabic, they're like, your pronunciation is really good. I'm like, oh well, thank you. You know, shukran. You know, blah blah blah, and. So, people, like, my whole goal was eventually to learn Arabic and a couple other languages to nice degrees of, of proficiency, like B2 level, just so I can work with, like, immigrants, you know, because we have that, you know, people are coming in here, they might know English, but their English might not be that great. And I can help them with their English because I'm certified to teach English as a foreign language. Um, they, you know, I can use their language as a communication buffer, you know, in order to to get them to understand a, a point in English, you know, and I was doing that with Spanish and Russian and whatever other language that I, I had, you know, in my head that was at a pretty decent level. And um, I was talking to this guy from Morocco on WhatsApp and he was like um do you speak any other languages because my, my pronunciation was that good he didn't know that I was American that's good and I said well, I'm from the US and he was like are you serious <laughs> that's awesome I'm like yeah I was like yes I'm from the US he was like you shit me right I'm like no <laughs> I'm black and I'm from the US. You know, but I and it's more
2: again, it's more of a US thing because people think that the US we don't speak languages and I, and I hate to say that, but now we're out here, yes, we we are. But Americans aren't necessarily prone and I'm speaking of Americans as a whole, right. we're not necessarily prone to to speak other languages and that, that American arrogance of, well, you're here. You need to learn our language. We get that. We understand that. But also, too, there's a huge world that's out here. We right. need to be able to be able to dialogue with other people. But not only just that, it offers a whole new perspective on life exactly. and what's out here. So when people take that tone about, well, yeah, you do. Yes, that is true. Okay, So when, you, when Americans go over to other countries Then you know what We need to have that same reciprocity And mindset At least be able to get around You know
0: Right I mean and it, it's, it's one of those things Where they think that Oh well I speak English And so because I speak English I don't need to learn another one Okay let's back up <laughs> You're going into a country Let's say Russia Moscow, S- uh, um Siberia, like certain parts of it. Um Saint Petersburg, Sochi, yeah, they'll speak English. Okay. You go outside of that. Russian, 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 <laughs> you know, and then, and then, and I was like, okay any country you go to, if it's not a touristy city, they speak the native tongue, darling. I <laughs> speak English. Oh my God. Well, that's great. But I'm still speaking English. Or I moved to a country, Japan. Um, you know, I better know some Japanese before I arrive. Um, I better know about this custom and these laws and this, this. Well, why do I need to know Absolutely. that? I'm be there for two weeks. I'm like, you want to get arrested? Be my guest. Absolutely. You know, you remember that movie? Um, it was about these two, these two Caucasian girls that went to China. Oh my God! It's called yes. uh, "Broke Down Palace." Yes. And 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 they had gotten some drugs put in their bag, and they didn't know it. And they wound uh-huh. up having to spend all that time in jail. And the one chick set up there and decided to do the whole sixty-six years. So her friend can go home and have a life? Yes, because she couldn't handle it. She couldn't handle it. And I just sat there and said, Now, you went over here to another country that young, and you didn't study the laws? Dude, I would have been right on that. You know, but, but people don't, when you tell people that, they want to get defensive. And I was like, well, you don't know everything, dude. That's like coming into the U.S. And you don't know the rules. Because there are some. (laughs) Whether you want to admit them or not. But yes, I mean, we're not as bad as some countries. But, I mean, there's some countries where you get in trouble. Good luck in getting out of it. Especially if you don't speak the language. Yeah, it's going to be, mm-mm. you know, and, yeah. And I, I tell people that all the time. You know, you might want to learn this. Well, what what, what is that going to benefit me? It's going to benefit you tremendously. You don't want to want to getting arrested, going to jail, having to get someone from a consulate or the embassy to get your butt out of the situation. That's right. I mean... Um. Who was I? I was talking to Tamara Marie last weekend. And I remember listening to her Spanish Consasa uh, episode where she was talking about how she went to, she was going to Brazil or somewhere, somewhere like that. And they had, she had wound up having to stay some time at a Brazilian jail. And she had to get herself out of the situation because of her passport. Situation or whatever had happened, her visa, and um, she had thought she had everything done to the T, and I guess according to them it wasn't, so she wound up having to go to Argentina, and she wanted just to go come back for a second time. And I was like, oh, dude, wow. you you that's that's a lot to have to, you know. I mean, thinking that she knew Spanish and Portuguese. To, you know, but it was just one of those situations where you know you think you have everything done a certain way, and when it doesn't pan out, yeah, it can be quite frightening. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, you know, especially when you're dealing with customs and the border, and depending on what country you're going into. I mean, Jan van der Ar of Language Boost has even said he had issues like that himself. Where he was crossing one part of the Middle East into the other part of the Middle East. And he, thank God, he knew French because he had to, you know, speak to get himself across the border to this country. And then he had to go to the ATM to get money. And and I'm like, yeah, just to pay the customs but you know, because of other reasons, you know. I'm like, wow. It, I, I could, those types of situations you hope you don't ever have to go through. But with the way things are going as far as terrorism and and all that type of stuff, I can see why they're very strict. Absolutely. And you do have to be careful
2: um, because even myself, I don't have fear You know, when I go into these countries. And so,
1: I have to be
2: I have to be very careful about, you know, now I do. I'm not saying that I wasn't cautious then it's just a different mindset altogether now yes I still don't have any fear but right. there weren't all of this terrorist breakouts like they're like it is
0: now. right I mean that's just like even if you go to London or you go to Paris just you just gotta be careful because yeah. you just don't know you have to be careful but it does help being able to speak the freaking
2: language or right. at least, my god, even if you, you butcher it, it's right. better to be able to try to speak something than right. to not know absolutely
0: no. a lick, not to know anything, right? I mean, now I don't know if you've ever watched this girl on, um, she's from New Zealand, she has her, her, um, she has a, um, YouTube channel where she documented her time in France. And um, I mean, she had got married to her French husband and gotten French citizenship, and worked as an HR, and and went to school in France for that. And and you know, she was just telling you the do's and don'ts of France and everything. And um, now she's back in New Zealand because her husband got a job in New Zealand. So they're going back and forth between France and New Zealand because you know of their families and whatever. But she said, you know. People need to know about the culture and the customs of French people because people come up in here and they just think that what how they do things is gonna be accepted and it's not. <laughs> and I said, Well, I you know, I definitely can understand, you know, if you want to get the hour and thirty something minutes that we had recorded. And I was like, I bet you she's in a spot where it's like the Internet isn't the greatest.
2: It's not. And I'm in a very rural area. And I'm sitting like in the inside of mountains. So anytime the wind blows or it rains, it starts to get spotty. So that's how come I have people to try to call me like the perfect time that we had was fine. But right around this time, it starts to get spotty. Like it went out yesterday. I was so afraid that it was going to go out today
0: yeah yeah i i um do believe we were talking about the whole oh you were telling me about your um we were talking about arabic and speaking of that when i had the when the interruption happened and I had uploaded the file to anchor I had found out that Luca Lampriello is thinking about studying Arabic in September. Oh, my (laughs) God. Really? Yeah, now, isn't that a coincidence? We were just talking about that language and he's considering studying it in September. Oh,
2: my God.
0: That's wonderful. It'd be like language 15 for him or something? Yeah, it's either 18? I don't know. 15. Because he knows a lot. He knows many. Yes, he, he speaks 14 different languages. And, so, you know, and I
2: try to tell people, everybody's system is different. You've got to choose a system that works for you. You right. know, um, a lot of people use music, soap operas, or we can call them novellas. I, I think those are great drills, but not to necessarily learn the language. But, again, that's that's based on my experience. And somebody right. else might do well with that
0: you know Well, you know it's funny you say that like i tell people all the time you know cuz they're curious about how i learn all these languages and i said a lot of it's just plain listening and absorption i'm absorbing the language and i said mm-hmm. i do the fundamentals first like i'll get to like a nice a nice 5 6 months of of speaking the language learning vocabulary and phrases whether I'm using Memories or Michelle Thomas, which if I have the language with Michelle Thomas, that's fine. If I don't, I start off with like Mango. Um, There's transparent language too, and people don't realize that that's a free resource that they can use um, to learn languages through their library. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. And it's free. Right. And I, I tell people this all the time. Uh, you can learn something for no money if you really want to. I mean, yes, you can get to teach yourselves the live in language. You can get the Pimslers and, and all of that. But you can still get those same things at the library. You know. Yeah. You just got to find a branch of your library that has a big language section. Otherwise, you're going to be limited. But... You know, there's a lot of podcasts that are for free. I mean, okay, yes, I do support Ollie Richard's method because he does his by-story, you know, reading to learn language, which I think is a great idea because, let's face it, we didn't learn our language our first time. We didn't know grammar. We didn't know what a noun and a verb was. We didn't know how to conjugate. We just learned from... It's sort of, you know, immersion. you know, the first five years of our life. And then when we went to school, that's when we learned the technical components of the language, you know, and start using it in, you know, reading and, and all that type of stuff. So, and, you know, speaking and applying it with other people and so forth and so on. But I think a lot of people seem to assume that... When they're learning a language, like let's say they learned English and they they used the listening method and they listened to a whole bunch of podcasts and became proficient in English just by doing that and a few other things. Then when they go to the next language, they totally forget how they did it the first time around or the second time around. And they think they need to do it a whole nother way the third or the fourth time when they can use the same system they've been using. Yeah, absolutely. so I think some of it I think some of it is just insecurity you know they they, they don't trust themselves you know enough to be able to, to make an informed decision about how they want to go about it I don't know try everything see what works for you and follow that because what might work for you might not work for me, or what might work for me might not work for you. Just like I tried Duolingo in in its infancy, okay? I didn't like it. But just because I didn't it didn't work for me doesn't mean it's not going to work for somebody else. However, I will stress highly that you need to supplement Duolingo with something else. Yeah. don't assume you can learn a language off of that because you can't. You have to supplement. And then you have to be picky about what topics you want to talk about. So the same things I do in my English life, I want to do in Dutch or French or Italian. So that's what I focus on. I focus on my politics, my sports, my fashion, my cooking, you know, travel stuff, stuff like that. You know, uh-huh. things that things interest me. Right. I I don't really talk about religion, so I don't focus on it. I might use the word church or mosque or temple or something like that just to be more, you know, accepting of other people's faith, but I'm not going to have a full discussion about it because I will get uncomfortable. So I talk about things that, you know, interest me, but I also look at stuff that maybe can. Connect me with the other person. So if it's like food, for instance, music, books, cinema, travel, family, things like that. Uh-huh. And, and nine times out of ten, when you talk about food, you know, you swap recipes, they ask me what I like to eat and so forth, and what you know, they're they're learning more vocabulary in English because that's what they're learning. I'm learning more food vocabulary in their language. So we're getting what we both want in that session. And I said, that might work for me, but that might not work for somebody else. I mean, because a lot of people think they have to have a script, they have to go off of this. I was like, when you're talking to somebody in real life, you're not
2: going off of a script. No, you're not going off of a script, and also it has—it's it, it, not organic, you know. You have to be organic with this stuff, you know. Um, now there might be some points that you might want to have a
1: job, like a mental note, right? Right. They lead—they lead people
2: into certain directions to make them seem like they're and it has nothing to do with anybody's competency you just have to just be the genuine you the genuine article however direction or whatever direction that might lead into
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and I noticed that like people are like well you don't have a script you don't have something prepared in advance I was like okay let's be honest let's be realistic do you talk like that in your native tongue no. Then why would you do that in a language is strange. You know, because I'm more of a spontaneous person. So whatever goes, goes. You know. And everybody's like, well, don't you have to memorize all this vocabulary? And I was like, well, if you're using it in conjunction with what, it, you know, you're applying it to your everyday life. There yes. is a term for that. I forgot what that's called. Where you actually learn stuff based off of your environment. But anyway, i that's how I do it because I look at it as you're living your life. So if you're living your life, if you're living your life in Dutch and you're speaking like a black Dutch woman, then that's one thing. Or a black Italian or a black French person. You know, you have some type of identity. Um... Attached to the language for which you're speaking. Hello, everybody. This is Chanel Patrice Hancock of Chanel's Language Learning Journey Podcast. I am putting out episode 101 with Globadanika Dunlap of com. She is a podcaster, translator, polyglot, and traveler who's taking care of a special needs relative while traveling the globe and learning languages. I had the opportunity to interview her this week for the podcast show. I just wanted to let everybody know that there is some, um, interruptions because she was in the mountains and so there is a little bit of disturbance in regards to the sound quality towards the end of the conversation so we got cut off and we weren't able to finish um the end of the conversation so I wanted to put this out here um to let everybody know that on her end, she was driving through the mountains where there wasn't really good reception. And so I wanted to thank um, Danica for coming on to the show. And we will have to have another time to be interviewed again um, when she is, you know, in a space um where there isn't very much, um, interruption. I mean, evidently you cannot prevent that from happening when you're driving with a relative and you know, you're traveling through the U S and, um, we had some really good, um, conversation topics to talk about. And I hope everyone enjoys the podcast um it was a really great one i enjoyed interviewing her she is an amazing uh african-american woman who is doing it she's traveling and going to cuba and going to different places around the world and you know taking care of a a disabled relative you know while learning languages and promoting language, culture, and a lot of different other topics that are relatable to just about everyone. So, you know, I hope you guys really do enjoy this episode. Um, I thought I would put this at the end of the podcast um, just because this is something that I wanted to let everybody know just in case. They um, were wondering why we cut out when we did. Um, It was because of the area that she was in. And there are some spots when you're driving in rural areas that aren't always, you know, covered very well in regards to internet connection. So... I know that you guys will enjoy this episode. This is episode 101 of Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast. Thank you, you guys, for continuing to listen to me, Um, subscribe to the podcast. Thank you to the new people that have subscribed. Um, We are 9,000 strong now. I'm hoping to get to 10K by the end of this month. That is my goal and I hope you guys can help me do that. That would be awesome. Um, The podcast is being sponsored by Anchor. So thank you to Anchor for giving me the platform to be able to have a language learning podcast and you know that it's accessible with my screen reader voiceover. So I'm quite happy to be able to share my language learning journey with everybody. And I will be posting a new episode, Japanese update soon, um, probably next week. And I have a couple of really great interviews coming down the pipeline. So I thought I would take the time to tell you guys about this episode and why we um had to um give an explanation to begin with so about the quality of sound at the end so i still hope that you guys enjoy it i know i enjoyed it um like i say all the time language learning is a journey and a process and even when you're recording a podcast that is a process by itself when you don't have editors to help you edit, when you don't have, you know, the funds to pay someone and you're not the greatest editor, you know, the fact that you guys have been supporting me for the past 15 months, um, you know, and I'm 9,000 strong in 81 countries and I have 33 states here in the U.S. that is listening to my podcast every week. I am so, so... Happy that you guys love it that much to stick with me and keep growing. I hope by the end of the year we can get to like twenty-five, thirty thousand strong. Um thank you so much. Um I will see you guys in the next episode of Chanel's Language Learning Journey podcast. And remember, language learning is a journey, not a race. Enjoy the podcast. Enjoy the process of language learning. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.